Radio, your gamers www.b20radio.com Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Transmissions from the Ninth World. Hi, I'm your host, David Brown, and with me as always is Mr. Jim Ryan. Greetings. And a new addition uh, filling in for our uh, other co-host, Eric Coates, who could not be here, is Andrew Cady, who you may have heard on the Ninth World Chronicles and on a couple episodes of Translating the Strange. Welcome, Andrew. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate your uh, filling in and uh, participating with us. Anytime. Um, and it, what a great show it's going to be because we have tonight the uh, creator of Numenera himself, Mr. Monty Cook, with us. Hey, how's it going? Excellent. Fantastic to have you on the show, as always. Great. Uh, your participation has... Uh, made this show what it is so we certainly appreciate it every time you, you take the time out to be with us i'm always Yay. happy it's a lot of fun <laughs> all right um so let's not waste time let's get right into it um i'm sure the uh, home listeners will appreciate that um so numenera news um monaco games you guys have a great new uh feature on your website the cypher chronicles where you kind of sum up all the different uh things going on uh it's, it looks like it's a weekly thing is that is that what uh, is set up, Mario? Right. Um, Shauna, uh, Shauna Germain uh, writes that, and she tries to get it up every Friday. Excellent. Um, it's fantastic to have a, kind of a steady news source because you guys have a lot going on. We do have a lot going on, and we were realizing just how hard it was for us to keep up, and so we knew that it would probably be very difficult for someone outside the company to keep up. So the Cypher Chronicles kind of makes it a little bit easier um, to just sort of get your one one stop shopping, one dose of of cipher system news all at once. Excellent. Well, I certainly appreciate it. I'm sure others do too. So, if you have not checked it out, it is on Monty Cook's site under news. It's called. Uh, there'll be posts along with other posts, but uh, uh, Cipher Chronicles is the, the names of the posts, specifically uh, encapsulating all the news that's fit to. To read. really enjoying the behind cheesy. the scenes stuff right <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely yeah all the um the the information uh, regarding it because uh, so much has gone on um like you guys are headed up to italy is that uh not right that's right um the italian translation of numenera is going to launch at a convention uh called luca comics and games and uh they've invited shauna and i to to be there with the launch Excellent. Yeah, and I saw that it was a box set over there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful product. Um, you know, when a when a translator, uh, you know, comes on with a, a license to do a translated version, they kind of, you know, have the freedom to work with us and and create a version that they think will sell best in their audience. So that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well. Um, the, and I also saw you. Uh, there's a German translation coming as well, and, and a Spanish one I know of. That's right. And uh, there's also uh, Portuguese and um, uh, I believe Korean, but I don't know if that deal is done. Ooh. 
Excellent. Yeah, that's um, exciting. Yeah, uh, I, I love it. I love to see uh, you know the stuff that we do get translated to other languages and and see how it it works itself into other cultures. And I think it's great. That's that's uh, as someone who's worked on translation materials, that's uh, that's awesome, Ronnie. And, and uh, certainly more audience for the game. It's such a stellar game. Um, do you think that'll translate to uh, the <laughs> translate to? You see how I did that to uh, the strange as well in the future? Um, yeah, actually, I think there are a couple of uh, deals in the works for the strange as well. Cool. Not that we'll talk about the strange show. We got enough to cover with um, Numenera already because um, we realize it's uh, it's been several months since we've done a recording. Uh, you know, the last one we did was before Gen Con, so um, uh, we definitely have a lot to, to mention about some of the recent releases. Um, one of the biggest uh, releases you guys had, and I think is really important to the game, is the how to play video for Numenera. Right. Uh, uh, fantastically well produced. Fantastically. Uh, informative. Um, is there any Thank you. specifics about it that, that really made it a, a fun thing for you? I mean, a, apart from doing it with some really, you know, everybody on there was, was uh, great folks to, to know and to, to, to watch. The personalities really shine. So, um, Yeah, well, it's, it, it's something that we have known that we wanted to do for a long time. Um, and in fact, uh, it was actually funded as a part of the Kickstarter for The Strange, but we um, we did it not only for the strange, but for Numenera as well. And, you know, we, we just wanted there to be something out there so that, you know, people could, people who just didn't have any idea what, what Numenera or the strange was about could just sit down and watch something, you know, in half an hour. And I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, learning by watching someone do something, learning by, uh, uh, kind of observing is a much more efficient way, at least for most people, than mm-hmm. by reading. Um, and I think that you can, you know, you could you could sit down and, you know, in an afternoon, read the Numenera rules and, and absorb them and, and figure them out. Because it, it's not that mm-hmm. complicated of a game. But mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. in a half an hour, you not only kind of figure out how to play the game by watching the video, but you kind of get an essence of what the game is meant to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the way, uh, you know, a lot of us who are very old, um, you know, learned to play role playing games way back in the day was was just sort of being introduced to it, like by via word of mouth or, yep. or watching a game play or something like that. Um, you know, just yep. kind of being thrown in the deep end. Um, and so I think that that's a valuable tool. One thing I loved about the video was the fact that it wasn't like a sterile video. I mean, the, the jokes and side conversations that were being happening at the table that as y'all were playing were like the same things that would be at my my table game. And, you know, the same sort of jokes about, you know, uh, leaving the rope on the wrong side of the river kind of thing was, you know, it was a lot of fun watching y'all, you know, have fun with the game versus, you know, a straight here's, you know, how to play. I thought that was uh, really effective. Yeah, you know, I have to admit that I watched a lot of how to play videos before we did that, and uh, not all, <laughs> not all of them have that element, and and that was something that was really important to us, right? Because if you watch somebody try to play a game and they're not having any fun, you're not very incentivized yeah. to want to play it. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. No, that was very um, awesome. I was glad to get to see that. What What I really like about it is, you know, as a um, a former, you know, a communications guy and, and a multimedia kind of guy. As much as I love RPGs and especially love the Dead Tree products, um, 
I love the idea of, of moving into a, a, another level with the games. Um, you guys did it with, you know, uh, on my character app and, and now with the, the how to play video. I mean, there's different aspects to this. I think uh, it's, it's beneficial and it reaches out to people in different ways. Because, uh, you know, as good as your um, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman playing in the book were, um, seeing it uh, performed was even better. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, 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 whatsoever. I'm sorry. I said Batman, Superman, and Wonder I meant Bruce, Clark, and Diana. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm so sorry. I totally I, I misread that completely. So um, I'm sure there are no supervillains uh, listening anyway, but. Uh, no, no, no. All right. No. So least, um, that's what I'd like everyone to think. <laughs> so, so if Sorry, anybody hasn't checked, checked it out already, go online and check out the how to play video for Numenera. And there's one for the strange as well, of course. And they are, they are magnificent and, and uh, really awesome uh, introductions. I'm, I'm going to definitely share those with a lot of people. If anything, it's going to help me when I have to explain to people what I do when I say I, I'm a role player. So um, good example. Uh, very well done. Cool. Thanks. Um, so let's let's get into the um, back to the um, dead tree stuff and, and digital too. I mean, with all the glimmer stuff, I, I forgot to mention that. I mean, you guys are really supporting this line in a way that um, is setting it apart with with you know coming from all different angles and different price points to uh, add add stuff to people. So I'm I'm huge fan of the glimmers. Um, uh, while back, you had the adventure beyond all worlds from the uh, esteemed. Robert Schwab, um, which was a, a fantastic, fantastic um, adventure. Um, not that I don't, not that I want to denigrate the fantastic ones that you have done, Monty, Devil's Spine, and and the ones, the Violet Veil and, and the Vortex and all those others. But um, I, I was I was impressed with Rob's uh, take on that. Cool. Yeah, he uh, he made it very much a Rob Schwab adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he. Uh, uh, which, which, if you are a fan of, or familiar with Rob, uh, you know what that means. Um, it's it's a little gruesome. It's a little dark. Um, it, it's probably a little gross in places, um, but you know it's also fun and uh, uh, you know imaginative in in a lot of great ways. Absolutely. Um, and, and Rob just announced he's got a project coming out next spring. Uh, I think it's Shadow of the Demon Lord. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Um, uh, but anyways, so uh, check out Beyond All Worlds if you have an opportunity. Um, of course, with the glimmers, it's a great price point for you know a, a not not expensive add to your Numenera collection. Coming out right at the Gen Con was the Technology Compendium, which was a, a, one of your huge hardcover books that was uh, from the original Kickstarter. And um, boy, did you guys deliver for sure! Yeah, um, you know, that was, it's probably one of my favorite things that we've worked on so far, actually. Um, and part of it is because, uh, you know, it's just, a, you know, for for people who, who haven't checked it out yet, right, it's, it's more ciphers, artifacts, oddities, um, and and that that's just a great sort of unadulterated way to just dump a bunch of new creative ideas into the game. Um, so that's that's a lot of fun, and and the beginning part has um, a, a pretty lengthy discussion on all the different sorts of technology uh, that you can incorporate into your game, and and how to do so as a game master. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, including right down to, you know, giving an, a new descriptor that allows people to play artificially intelligent characters, for example. Um, you know, so uh, that was also a lot of fun to write uh, because it, that sort of cutting edge science, well, not even, that's not even the right word, right? Sort of cutting edge of theoretical science. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is really it's the cutting edge of the beyond the the, the 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 not even defined. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Amazing book. Tons of material for um, for a, a DM to add to their game. Um, as you said, the introduction and the the broad categories that I think was really nice because I could easily see the benefit to going through and you know identifying that this town may be specifically wrapped up on nanotechnology or, or, you know, that there's some almost like a characteristic that you can apply to a, a, a fortress or a town or a, a artifacts, you know, uh, type place. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I enjoyed putting in there was, uh, you know, in the, in the margins where we normally put, special call out notes and whatnot, um, we put in search terms mm-hmm. so that, you know, if you want to do more research and, you know, make something, uh, on your own, it, it's just some things that you can type into Google or Wikipedia or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you'll, you'll find a plethora of, of interesting ideas to incorporate into your game, you know? So if you, know, you just go to, go to Wikipedia and type in graphene aerogel and, you know, four or five new ciphers or artifacts will just kind of come to mind. That's the one thing I like about like most of the, the Dominera stuff that you guys out there. You've got so many different things on the side that it just give you just your GM's idea seeds, you know, it's sort of like, Hey, go look at this. And it could just lead you all, you know, on these great ideas, just to add into your adventure, just by, you know, planting small seeds here and there of just different ideas. Yeah. For me, that's what Numenera is really all about is just really cool ideas. Um, so any way to sort of convey that and inspire that, um, uh, is something that I'm going to strive for in every Numenera book. Well, I, I liken it, you know, people freely use the term a sandbox game and Numenera is, is a sandbox game with all the cool tools hidden in the sand. Um, it's all there to make a really fun adventure. And, uh, the more of these books that you put out, the more it's just like, buried treasure that you could easily find and place throughout that the 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 one struggle i've often seen players uh, especially now having done several you know convention um style games that they struggle with is the ciphers um is how to consume them you know a lot of people like hang on to them like magic items would in say a fantasy style game and and the hardest thing is if the the cipher that they have may seem too um, out, out of place for it. Um, any any suggestions beyond you know suggesting the player? Well, think of different ways to use what they what they're reading. I, I think that one thing to do as a game master is to just make sure that that your players, your characters, have just a steady stream of access to, to new ciphers. And the reason for that is because of the way the cipher limits work. You know, if even if I'm hoarding my ciphers like a miser, mm-hmm. and you know, if, if I can normally carry around three, and I've got my three, but I just find, you know, 
a couple more. Now I, I, I two things happen, right? I'm sort of like, oh, damn, I wish I would have used two of these. Yeah. Um, and so it's encouraging you to not hoard them. But what's more is, is that it allows you to kind of pick and choose and figure out the ones that you really want to use. So, you know, if you've got one that like allows you to create a, a instant shelter type thing um, and you're just not finding a use for that and then you come upon a new one and it's, it's some cool detonation, you're like, OK, well, I'm going to toss this shelter thing and pick up this bomb because I know I can use a bomb. Um, and so uh, I, I think that's the best advice that I can come up with, with for GMs. But, you know, um, most of my fun Numenera memories have actually come from people using ciphers in crazy imaginative ways. Mm-hmm. You know, the one of the very first Numenera games that I ever ran as a playtest, uh, somebody had a cipher that created a bunch of uh, super... Uh, super slippery gel um, and they you know set up this huge elaborate trap for these ab humans so that they would trick them into all sliding down into this ravine <laughs> and uh, you know it was just a lot of fun very cool That's very awesome. cool yeah I, I i the other other question i would have is that you know in in, in again in, in past role-playing game experiences a lot of especially crafted adventures have magic items or items scattered throughout that essentially are like they're almost plot devices and how they're put in there um is that would you recommend doing any of that or keeping them as random as possible and, and letting the players figure out how to um, benefit from you know i think that when i'm running the game i do a little bit of both mm-hmm. um some of it's just random and 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 that's fun even for the game master because if it's if it's truly random then you're as surprised as they are when it mm-hmm. shows up and you know you don't know how they're going to end up using it and and so it it makes it uh really interesting that way but you know there's also a time and a place for you know putting in that anti-gravity belt when you know that they're going to need uh to you know reach some high top of a tower or something Mm-hmm. And the and the interesting thing about that is is that you know you can put that in there and and sometimes they still won't use it they'll figure out a different way and and that's interesting or, or they won't pick it up because they didn't want to let go of something else right right or they'll use it before they ever even get to the thing that you think they're mm-hmm. going to use it at and and so uh, you know a little bit of that I think is fine but but you know never never to the point where you kind of force them into using something in a specific way in a specific situation i i think any plans to try that you really it, what, what is what was the famous war thing that uh any plan goes to you know right no, no plan, plan survives contact with the enemy there you go Thank you. I always count on Jim for my accurate. As we all scramble to answer. (laughs) (laughs) I have vague memories of these things, and you guys have an all good. That's great. Um, What a great segue, segue, um, Monty, about the randomization is you have a new Cypher deck out that, um, if I remember correctly, is largely based on content coming from the technology compendium. Is that That's right. That's right. So, um, you know, the idea is, is that if you're, if you're using and enjoying your Cypher deck, now it just got twice as big, 
right? Um, because obviously there's a ton of new ciphers in uh, Sir Arthur's the Technology Compendium, and uh, you know, and the cipher deck, the cipher deck two doesn't even cover everything in there, but it, it covers a lot of them, and uh, I think that you know that is a great way to to quickly do randomized ciphers. So it really facilitates what we're talking about in the game. You know, if you, you know, it's okay to, you know, open up the book and, and pull up the table and roll dice and look it up. And, and that's all fine, but it does tend to sometimes kind of slow things down at the table. But just taking mm -hmm. out a card um, or a pair of cards uh, is pretty fast. Absolutely. Yeah, I must uh, yeah, commend y'all for, uh, for for these decks, both as and um, the Cypher decks and the EXP decks, because um, I've always played Numenera online until um, till Gen Con, and since then I've played a couple times at a table, and um, playing it at a table and having these tangible items, just it adds so much more a different level to the game and so much more fun with, uh, you know, ha having everybody sort of on edge, what's the cipher going to be, or, you know, Oh, what's the GM intrusion going to be as you start, you know, handing out cards. So it, it, it adds a, a great element to the game. That's, you know, much more, um, you know, better than just a dice on a table kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and let's be clear. This isn't a, 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 a intentional uh, money grab style thing of, randomized card sets to make you buy more and more i mean these are set sets that you know when you have them you have them and and you don't need multiple ones of them and uh uh great great uh, uh accessory to the game yeah. as i was mentioning kind of the multimedia aspect of it i, I feel the cards are part of that and they're extremely useful to do yeah I, I i agree i would have a difficult time even Playing the game without them at this point, I've, I've become so reliant on them. The creature deck, the XP deck, the everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they're superfluous at all. I think that they really enhance the game. I mean, obviously they're not mandatory, yeah. but right, right. No, and, and yeah, but at the same time, the cipher decks, especially, you know, as that point of more that they're consumable and they should be flowing pretty good. If you were a GM and you didn't have the decks you would have to have prepared lists or, you know, at least, you know, a copy of the, the random chart to do it. And then people have to look up what they do and everything. The, the cards take care of that for you. Yeah. Draw a card and flip it over to somebody and you're done. That and um, because players use them so often, they'd have to continually write down what they have in a race or, or cross it off and what have yeah. you. This, they can have a physical card and it really, you know, yeah. is there for them to know what they have. Yeah, it's definitely got to help keep things moving, and also, I mean, if they've got the thing in front of them and they're uh, that they're playing with, then that they actually, I don't know, I, I think some folks, if you give them a card that then they and they have that they're in front of them, they feel like they've actually got the thing. Um, mm -hmm. As strange as that may sound, even though their character still has the thing, even if they write it down, it's more of a, mm -hmm. it, it's it's like it's there, but it's on a card, so you don't also feel as though you uh, you have to hold on to it forever. You can you can use it and return the card because it's a physical object there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, cool. I've, I've been doing that in my games for a long time, even even back when I was uh, playing D and D third edition. Uh, nice. Everything was on cards. Well, cool. Um, and they're gorgeous, too. They're, yeah. they're all laid out very nicely, easy to read. Um, so going on from that, uh, you had a, another glimmer you released, the Into the Violet Veil, which was the, the Gen Con adventure that we all ran. Um, 
uh, a great little adventure, great introduction. Um, a lot of people really bought into it, and uh, it's a fun one because there's easy ways for, for players to be kind of distracted and go different ways with it, and that's that's cool. That was that was fun in a, a convention, and uh, a lot of people told me it was one of the first convention games they played where they didn't feel strongly railroaded. Yeah, that was definitely the intention there, um, and it, it's interesting too because – uh, because of that nature, there were groups, for example, at, oops, sorry. Um, there were uh, uh, groups at Gen Con who would play uh, the game, and because it was so open-ended, you know, Gen Con game is supposed to be about four hours, and some people were finishing in, like, three, and mm-hmm. some people, you know, weren't weren't even getting all the way there, but were still having a, a great deal of fun. And so I think that that's a, a good sign of a kind of a non-railroady sort of adventure, mm-hmm. um, you know, because there's just sort of lots of ways to wander and explore and things to interact with and uh, lots of different ways to go. I mean, the ending of that adventure can go in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. And, and there's different ways to follow the trail beyond that, too, which was nice. Um, so it's a good adventure if anyone has is looking for – I'm a huge fan of, of – written adventures, especially when it comes from somebody like, you know, Monty Cook or Bruce Cordell, you know, I mean, people that know how to write adventures because I'm nowhere near as talented as you in a constant, you know, a a storytelling concept to come up with it and follow it through. Um, You know, I'll do my best to throw stuff in there, but to me, it's like, um, I, I feel like Bill Murray on a script, you know, I've got the script to go by, but I'll ad-lib the heck out of it. Sure. So um, thank you for that. It's a, it's a good one. So uh, again, a glimmer, it's a, a great price point for anybody who uh, wants to add a, a good adventure, maybe a hook. Um, it could fit into anything, somebody that, you know, any campaign. Yeah, and even though it's a, a, it was written, I guess, as a con adventure, it does have an, an ending that, you know, leads to other things. So it's like, it, it can be a jumping point for, for you. So it's not just a, like a, it doesn't end closed, closed. So you can't go anywhere further with it. It's really, it's really well written that way. Well, cool. Um, we, we did a, a marathon run through, I guess not marathon, a, a sprint, a, a, a strong sprint through um, some of the recent things that have been released. I did want to mention you had posted on the uh, site, uh, an optional rule effort for NPCs. Uh, which I always thought was really cool and just wanted to make mention of. If, if uh, uh, you, did you have anything specific that you'd like to say about that, Lonnie? Or? Um, you know, I think it's one of those things that's that's not needed. But mm-hmm. if you if it's the kind of thing that you wanted to just sort of pull it out, mm-hmm. um, you know, and occasionally sort of shake things up a little bit, you know, it, it makes things interesting, I think, when – like, like, t- take for example, if if you get into a fight with an NPC, it doesn't take very long. Even if you're the kind of GM who doesn't reveal levels and target numbers and everything immediately, it doesn't take very long for people to kind of figure out, okay, right, this guy's this guy's level five, and so we're gonna need uh, a fifteen to to attack him, you know, unless we use uh, effort or something, and and. Um, you know, this is this allows the the GM to say, you know what, actually, you know, you you you've put him in a situation now he's going to use effort for defense and he's actually now harder to hit and and that shakes things up in the middle of the of the game and you know you can you can use game master intrusions for that kind of thing, 
but uh, this is just sort of another tool in that toolbox, I guess. Cool. Cool. Well, excellent. Thank you. Um, do you foresee that being something you're going to do on occasion to throw up uh, optional rules or um, yeah. expound on something? I, I think so. Um, you know, I, uh, my memory is fading, but I, I've, I've done a couple of others. Um, and so, you know, checking out montycookgames.com, uh, you know, we, we try to get some kind of new interesting content up there every week. So, um, you know, and sometimes that's just kind of telling you what's what's coming out as a product, but sometimes it's, you know, new optional rule or, or you know, something along those lines. Excellent. Um, well, cool. Uh, so we've talked about what's out so far. Um, let's talk about what's coming soon. Okay. Um, any heads up on what uh, we could see in the realm of glimmers? Uh, well, we are uh, finishing up Tales from the Ninth World 2, or More Tales from the Ninth World, I think is what it's called. Sweet. Um, more, yeah. uh, more short things from Shauna and I. Um, and then, um, my mind has gone, oh, I know what it is. Um, so the thing after that is going to be, we're going to kind of experiment, and, and this, is, this is sort of un, unannounced, but I'll go ahead and talk about it here. Um, kind of an experiment we we want to make uh, a product that takes a lot of the maps from the setting and makes them uh more easily used and by that i mean you know kind of you know so you don't have to you know if you've got the map of navarine or whatever uh in the core book you know if you had that as a its own page where you could print it out and more easily and have it, you know, and where you could, you know, at a larger size and, and something where you could actually write on it and write in your own stuff and everything. Um, so we're going to kind of experiment with a product like that. Very nice. Yeah. That'd be I'm super very, useful. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge cartographer freak and, um, uh, Chris West's work on, on this product has been sensational. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, Nice. Some of the extras that he had on his um, Kickstarter for the maps uh, were very nice and super useful. Um, uh, the, the 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 key map that was uh, um, uh, showed the different levels because there's a kind of a, a superstructure over uh, key. All that was really nice and useful. Yeah, I really like that key map as well. Excellent. Um, well, cool. And, you know, I totally missed one of the glimmers that we, uh, that was released, um, was when, uh, when worlds collide, the, the converting Numenera for the strange, which was, uh, right. super useful. And especially with the strange being such a versatile game, oh, yeah. uh, was, was a really nice adding. Yeah, we are going to do, um, something similar to that. And, uh, again, we haven't really announced this, but, but, uh, but here I am doing it. Um, and that is uh, when the strange bestiary comes out, which I believe is is sort of toward the beginning of next month. So so soon, um, we're going to release uh, a free glimmer that will uh, tell people how to use uh, all of those creatures or most of those creatures in Numenera in a in a in a pretty detailed way. Um, so that, uh, you know, it, it actually really helps us flesh out the setting 
in a in a really interesting way. You know, if we talk about some creature and and how it, you know, uh, you know, you pull it from the strange bestiary, and you don't need any uh, mechanical conversion, but you know, we'll tell you that you know it primarily lives in the Baadenu forest and you know what it does in the Baadenu forest and um you know that suddenly you know helps actually flesh out the ninth world by using something from the strange which so it's mm. kind of an interesting weird backward way of doing it but you know we'll make the glimmer for free so you know if you're a Numenera GM out there and you do want to pick up a big huge beautiful book full of new monsters um, here's a way to use it directly Sweet. in a game. That is, that is, awesome. that, that yeah, is great. Cool. That, that's really cool you guys are doing that. Um, actually, I'm a little bit curious. Uh, have you heard any reports back from any uh, gaming groups or anything about uh, using any of the, the conversion stuff, the, the converting Numenera for the Strange? Uh, not a lot. Um, you know, and I, I've heard from pe- people, and, and I've seen people post online of grabbing a couple of the you know, the descriptors for, for, from Numenera and using them in the strange or, or things like that. Um, I think in particular, uh, the foci from Numenera come in handy, uh, in the strange. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm just curious to see what uh, kind of, uh, exciting things people are going to do when they, uh, when they start uh, playing with the things in the, uh, in the different, in the different worlds and, uh, just sort of see how things go. Yeah, you know, I haven't heard a lot about actual, you know, big, full, you know, mashing the two things together. It's it's usually been in the form of taking pieces from one and putting them in the other. My my feeling was there were a lot of people when The Strange was announced that were like, man, we're so into Numenera. How can this, how can we get something out of this for Numenera? Not realizing how well fleshed out and full a game The Strange is in and of itself. So my bet is those who were interested in that initially are, are so deep in the strange core book content that they haven't even gone there. Yeah. Yet. Um, so I think, I think that may explain some of it. Oh, yeah. sure. It's exciting just that all that's yet to come. <laughs> right. Exactly. Absolutely. And then the, the huge one is the uh, ninth world uh, guidebook coming out, right? Yeah. Uh, Shauna and I have been working on that one for a long time. Um, and that is being laid out, uh, at this point, um, small parts, parts of it, uh, still in editing, but for the most part, it's going into layout and it's going to be a big, beautiful book, 256 pages, I think. And, uh, so it'll be our, you know, other than the Numenera and the strange core books, it'll be the biggest book we've done. Um, and it, is, was if you remember was sort of the you know as far as products go was sort of the big capper uh, from mm-hmm. the Kickstarter um, and you know uh, and in fact one of the last stretch goals was you know adding more art and maps and making that book even bigger and more beautiful and uh, mm-hmm. and so we've we've really tried to to be stay true to that um, and so you'll see more maps from Christopher West uh, as we expand the world. Um, the book kind of takes uh, two different approaches uh, to expanding on the ninth world. I mean, it everything assumes that you already have, you know, new and read and have the the core book, so so you have all that setting material already. So everything mm-hmm. in the ninth world guidebook is just an expansion. 
Um, and a big chunk of it is just presenting new areas in the Steadfast and the Beyond uh, that you can go and set your adventures in. Um, and, and so that doesn't necessarily mean like new map territory. It sort of means zooming in on the map that we already have in various places in the beyond. And, uh, you know, there's, there's this cool city that is made up entirely of, of insects in the beyond. Uh, there's a, uh, a weird Numenera, re uh, remnants kind of filled swamp in the, in the, steadfast and a lot of you know cool new areas to set your adventures in um but then beyond that uh no pun intended we um we expand the map out in in basically every direction so beyond the beyond the beyond <laughs> sort of yeah <laughs> um it presents some areas that are sort of so far out there and so far away and weird and uh, everything that, that you wouldn't even, you know, the beyond doesn't even cover it anymore. It, mm -hmm. They're not even considered to be a part of that. They're, um, they're, they're really weird. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that, I think it's going to be a really fun expansion and I think it's going to take people's campaigns in some really interesting directions. Um, it, it sort of answers some questions that people have had. Um, you know, probably the most common setting question that I've had is what is what's going on with the Gaians, which are the people to the north of the Steadfast, and you know the uh, the Amber pa the Amber Pope is is supposedly organizing a crusade to go up there because they're all a bunch of horrible heathens, and um, well, he doesn't use the word heathens, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> And you know, so we we detail the the home world or homeland of the uh, of the Gaians, which is called Lostre, and it isn't really at all what you're going to be expecting. Um, and you know, like one one of the things that we did that I thought was really fun is at the bottom of the big poster map, there's uh, the Southern Wall, which is this big ice wall, and and it's got this great Kieran Yanner piece that just shows this gigantic icy wall and you know we've always kind of presented that as though that was a hard and fast limit you know you can't go past that well of course we give you a huge area uh south of the southern wall and uh so you can actually have adventures about how to get past that impassable barrier that was one of my favorite pieces of art from the the Nero book yeah yeah that's a really good one it's just so sort of evocative yeah. Well, very cool. Um, well, that that book. When is the target date for that? Uh, the very end of January. Oh wow. Okay. So we got some time for that one. But yeah. Wow, we're looking Not forward. Not too to much. That. Three months away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, true. I guess it's all relative. <laughs> um, well, that's excellent, uh, Monty. Uh, is there anything else that uh, we should know about that's that's hitting soon or uh, is on the the schedule? Well, you know, I've already spilled all kinds of beans, so... I know, I, I, I always dig for more, man. Uh, that, 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 that's going to take us through the beginning of next year, so, um, uh, you know, I guess I'll, you know, I will mention that even though that was the last product uh, funded in the Kickstarter, uh, it's not at all the end of the Numenera line. Um, there's going to be some interesting stuff coming out uh, past that 
for Numenera um, because, you know, Numenera is, has really, really turned into an, a successful product line for us. Um, and, um, you know, we were very, very gratified to have won both the Origins Award for Best Role-Playing Game and the Product of the Year Any for uh, – Numenera won both of those last year. And uh, it's getting a lot of attention still, even though it's a game that's been out for a year and a half now almost. So we're going to continue to support it uh, full bore. Um, at Gen Con, I announced uh, a product called Into the Night, which is probably the next big thing that comes out after the Ninth World Guidebook, and that is, uh, you know, what lies beyond Earth, basically in the Ninth World. Yes. Um, and uh, it's it's going to go off in some really fun and interesting directions, and Bruce and I are going to write that together. Sweet, awesome. I'm Nuff really said. looking forward to that. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not not enough said. Same old. <laughs> no, I look forward to that one greatly. Uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine a world where there's the technology that's that's a, you know available, even if not fully understood, that you don't somehow have an opportunity to go off world. So that that sounds really cool. Well, you know, we've definitely mentioned that in the past, in the prior worlds, um, Earth was was a part of, if not the center of a huge, you know, interstellar empire. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, we know, we know that we know that there's alien life out there. We know that, uh, you know, there was the ability to travel, not just, you know, to the moon, but, but much, much, much farther away than that at one point. And so that means it's still around somewhere. Are you going to deal with uh, other dimensions as well? And are you Um, have that? Not with this book. This book is all um, okay. our our universe and space. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, that's um, it's a lot of juicy morsels for us all to uh, slaver over. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, keep the news coming. Um, I'm sure, as I said, the Cipher Chronicles that'd be definitely a place to keep up. You guys have posted little snippets of maps and stuff from and uh, art from. Uh, the uh the guidebook so uh certainly it would be a good source for people to follow on this aside from you know hopefully listening to us (laughs) exactly so um well uh thanks is is there anything else uh numenera-esque that you would like to mention as always we're so grateful for the uh the great fans out there the gamers who are out there playing and and posting you know cool podcasts and videos and blogs and everything talking about their game and helping us spread the word and introducing new people you know to everybody who's out there who's introduced somebody new to Numenera um I just appreciate it so much and uh you know the community is just so great um Ninth World Hub is a great place to to go and and connect with people, but and and there are more and more places like that growing, and it's just Absolutely. very exciting. Yeah, no, and and um, I, the Ninth World Hub merged with uh, the Ninth World dot com um, to, to be able to better serve both the community and the kind of added material um, side of things. So. Um, very very cool um, happenings there, and, and hopefully more expansions coming in the future. Agreed. So uh, that's great. Um, well, uh, we typically do a, a kicking it forward. I'm, I'm going to uh, push that back because we're running up on your time. So I wanted to hit our um, 
hearsay from the ninth world, which is a new section that I wanted to try out, um, was uh, an, an idea for all of us to kind of throw in into the ring something uh, our characters have seen or heard, or you know, as we talked prior to the show, Monty being the designer, just some tidbit that he thought thinks may benefit your game. And uh, the idea is that these things could uh, potentially be weaved into to your games at home if you choose to. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll start with mine to help put it in context. But um, uh, the news from Key is that the mayor, um, Marvin Rand, uh, is having a large party um, on his dirigible um, uh, and has the guests uh, of honor are a, a small band of adventurers who have uh, had just recently had a uh, actual um, uh, meeting with the Amber Pope himself. So um, more news on that in, in the future. <laughs> well, um, I guess I'll go ahead and uh, and mention something recently. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the caveat that uh, this uh, game that uh, our GM Chris is running uh, is one that uh, I. I he has in the past been using published material, so I don't know if the stuff we're discovering now is or not. As it's, uh, we, we've now uh, he started with uh, with the vortex, I believe, but now we're off wandering around the beyond. Um, so uh, that just that caveat, so you can let me know if this is something that, <laughs> that he didn't come up with. Sure. But uh, it, one interesting thing that we ran into not very long ago was a uh, a very large. Freaking huge, by uh, I mean here, uh, automaton with three faces. Um, we uh, we didn't know what it was. We were every night when we bedded down, we kept hearing this massive, uh, just uh, just sort of banging sound, metallic banging sound that terrified all the all the wildlife away, uh, just sort of ear splitting. And as we we finally got worse and worse, as we eventually got closer and investigated it, and turned out to be this this thing that. Uh, uh, was apparently powered because it was uh, the top half of the uh, of the automaton because we didn't uh, it it had uh, been damaged and it was dragging itself along and that was the sound of what it was doing, so uh, and it appears to have fallen from the sky <laughs> at some point in the past. So very sort of interesting thing and whenever it uh, it speaks it speaks in your minds and rotates to a different face. So it was a very interesting kind of encounter there. Whoa. In the plains of uh, Thermor, there lies a packs of uh, feral um, cat-like creatures that are um, made purely of light. Um, they're small, they're cute, they have six legs, and they suck the power out of all of your Numenera devices and <laughs> automatons um, just by being around them. Yep, encountered. <laughs> Um, so, uh, explorers who have ventured even farther beyond the reaches of the beyond than, uh, than it had been, had previously been known, uh, have been going up north, uh, along the edge of the Clock of Kala and have discovered that the Clock of Kala is indeed at least its northern spur is indeed a, a, a fully round mountain range, impossibly so. And on the northern end of that range, which is, uh, you know, beyond the beyond, um, lies uh, a land as developed and, uh, and as populated as the steadfast, 
but it is entirely unlike the steadfast in that the people there are extraordinarily warlike and militaristic and are perhaps building an enormous war machine. <laughs> Lovely. All right. Well, I thought that went well. We'll, we'll have to talk about that um, later. But, um, Monty, we've, we've hit our kind of time limit with you. Um, so uh, I know you've shared some kicking it forwards before. I will be mentioning uh, Five Moons, but is there anything else that uh, you would want mentioned? Uh, Five Moons was the one that I had in mind, right? That's a new role-playing game from Sean Reynolds. It's going to be really cool. Everyone should check it out. Excellent. We will, we will work that and keep that in there. And uh, there's anything else you'd like to say uh, to end the show? Uh, you know, just as always, thanks a lot. Thanks to you guys for, for supporting us. And, uh, you know, it's always fun. Can't wait. Can't wait for the next episode. Well, good. We, we do have a couple planned out. Um, we're hoping to have some uh, guests of some other active uh, Numenera GMs on the line um, for kind of a roundtable about what works and how, how to you know help your game out. Um, I also talked to um, some of the guys behind the, the, the Numenera tournament about coming back on and giving us an update on, on where they're at and with the game and, and uh, hopefully some tidbits on that. Cool. I look forward to both of those. Nice. So, excellent. All right. Well, um, thank you so very much, Monty, for your time on here. Um, we really appreciate your involvement, and I'm sure our, our listeners do as well because that gives them an opportunity to hear directly from, um, pardon the expression, the horse's mouth. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. Excellent. No problem. Have a great, great thank night. Thank you. Too. So our next section uh, that, like we, that we like to cap the show with is uh, Kicking It Forward. Um, since uh, Numenera was funded by uh, Kickstarters and we're big fans of a lot of the games that are coming there and it's, it's kind of started a new renaissance in uh, role-playing games uh, we like to talk and highlight some of them and you know not just role-playing games you know anything that excites us um, the first one I want to mention and uh, I know Monty's a big uh, fan and supporter of it is a, a new RPG by uh, Sean K. Reynolds uh, called Five Moons um, and uh, it looks it looks pretty great um, I don't have a whole lot specific to talk about it other than uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Sean's work, and uh, I think it's one everybody should check out. I think it's wrapping up soon. Yeah, the art on that one looks really cool. Yeah. I haven't been able to read that one that much, but yeah, I was unaware of it, actually. I'm going to be checking that one out. Absolutely. Um, and then my, uh, one of my other ones, uh, it's already funded, but I did want to give a shout-out to um, – uh, the last parsec. That's your your friend there, Jim. Yep. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. The yeah. Basically, uh, the 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 folks folks at Pinnacle are uh, are really awesome, and a number of them live uh, live near to me, and so I see them at conventions quite a bit. And uh, they're they're basically they're they're getting kind of like family in a way, uh, as far as I consider them. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really so I'm really pleased every time I see a Kickstarter of theirs do well, and this one is no exception. Uh, yeah. They 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 capped out at about. Uh, over ten times the amount they asked for, uh, for the last thing. Yeah, and and it's going to be really cool, I think, because uh, because it's going to have that uh, they're, they're actually doing separate uh, a separate world with each of their uh, setting books for the last parsec, uh, because most of what you're going to need is just going to be in the sci-fi companion uh, if you uh, if you play that. And it's in the the Savage World system uh, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, but it looks really cool. Uh, they, they hit quite a few stretch goals and it's, uh, 
it is looking like it's going to be pretty awesome, I think. And that's Shane Hensley, right? Yep, Shane Hensley, the, the uh, Clint, creator of the yeah, creator of Deadlands, Adventure. and uh, various other uh, various other addictions of mine. Um, <laughs> yes, and and folks, when he means addictions, he means addictions. Yes, <laughs> the Deadlands never ends. Never. No, it never ends. <laughs> um, well, excellent. Um, so those are a couple RPG ones. The big, big one that a lot of people were talking about and really excited about is Paranoia. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those of us children of the '80s, Paranoia was a, a pretty uh, important piece to the uh, early RPG world, and uh, to see a new version coming out and with such a, a pretty broad range of support they have, they seem to have planned for it. It's it's uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited by it because it looks like they're going to try to make it uh, this version uh, in a way that you can get started really quickly. And so that's I'm all I'm all yeah. for that. And added all the modern elements of today's technology to uh, to the, the, the Cold War type of game. I thought it was absolutely you know. It's so funny when you think about even some of the stuff in the old sci-fi movies from there that seem like futuristic to them, and it's like, yep, yeah, yeah, we got that. What else? What else you got for us? My cell yeah. phone can do that, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yes. What yeah, is this wireless thing that, we keep talking about? <laughs> that that a modern iPhone has more computing power than I think all of NASA during the space race. Yep. Like all of NASA during yeah. the space race. That's amazing. I mean, I'm not just talking about the rocket or the capsule. I'm talking about all of NASA. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, uh, and then speaking of Uber space racy, um, the, the, did you guys see this Hendo hoverboard? Yes, I did. I saw an article somewhere on it. I haven't actually looked at the Kickstarter though, but wow. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Back to the Future hoverboards. Now, the caveat is, is it looks like you have to be on a metal surface. Now, I may yeah. have... Uh, made a, a leap of assumption there, but I'm pretty positive about that. A metal surface? Yeah. Yeah. So they would mag- essentially gotcha. Yeah, they would essentially build like um, metal surfaced um, uh, skate parks for these types of things. So it's not something you're going to be riding down the, your sidewalk and, and all that type of thing. Well, not uh, yet. And then to yeah, and then to get the first one would be ten thousand dollars to get one of the first ones of that. Um, so it's, uh, you know, the price of half, you know, half a car or so, but, um, yeah. they have some, they have some pretty cool things in there and, and the, the white box that they come with that the developers kits are pretty cool. Um, pretty cool looking. I just think it's, I just think it's fascinating that they might actually beat the back to the future deadline of having it there by 2015. <laughs> oh, oh, you, you know that they, they're, they're launch party date is the date that, uh, Marty McFly goes to 2015. <laughs> It's that's that's how they've awesome. set it up. Of course, yep. it is awesome. It's absolutely. <laughs> so, kudos to them, and if this pulls off, and you know, hopefully, I'm wrong about the the metal surface thing, and it's it's or you know more more versatile than that. But um, I mean, not that it, I mean, still, even with that, that's pretty freaking cool. Um, and who knows what this could unlock? Uh, uh, I look at it as like a tech tree for for a game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this may just be the first drop, just yeah. like the the Oculus Rift. I, I really feel is the first drop in a whole new technology tree. Yeah, it looks like I, I just uh, went over to their page, and it looks like uh, right now the surface has to be a non ferromagnetic conductor, um, which <laughs> is uh, you know me- sheet metal right now that they're using, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they are working on new compounds and new configurations. It says to uh, try to try to get with that. 
So there's that. Um, uh, you had a few. Jimmy I do. I do. I'll just uh, breeze through these quickly. Uh, some some of us also from the '80s may remember the uh, the horror RPG Chill, um, and uh, that is uh, doing a Kickstarter for its third edition. Um, and it's uh, as of this recording, it's only got a few days to go. So if you are hearing this, you may not be have a chance to get in on it. But uh, uh, but you you might. You never know. Uh, you know, honestly, though, I, and that's why I even mentioned the last parsec. Even when things are funded, um, it, they're really early marketing campaigns. So you know, if something successfully funds, nine times out of ten, that means that that they're going to be on the store shelves or even available online sometime in the, the near future. So. That's why I call something out that may already be funded because it's still worth it to know and and you know okay who yeah. knows you you know certainly can find find that for sale in the near future yeah that's very true that's very true and uh, part of the premise of chill is that you're working for an organization that tries to protect humanity from the unknown and uh, coincidentally enough that is also uh, part of the premise for Apocalypse Prevention Inc which is uh, <laughs> another Kickstarter that's going on right now uh, for the second edition of that. And uh, that's uh, helmed by Eloy LaSanta, who is an awesome guy. Um, and he, uh, he runs Third Eye Games. And uh, that one is coming out for uh, its own, his house, his, his in-house system, the dynamic gaming system, and for Savage Worlds. And uh, that's also, uh, I've had a chance to play that once, and it was very cool. It's just basically your kind of, uh, sort of a private kind of men in black type organization. Uh, going after all manner of threats, both uh, uh, interstellar, supernatural, and earthbound. Um, so uh, things from all over the globe, all over the universe, all over everywhere, basically. <laughs> and uh, so uh, just uh, very cool stuff there. And so folks should check that out. And those of us who may remember RPGs in the 90s uh, may want to look at the uh, deluxe v20 edition of dark ages the uh, uh dark vampire, a vampire yeah. dark ages in this particular case that was one of those um, ones i was going to mention as well looks yeah, really nice <laughs> it's it is looking cool they're going to do another sort of foil stamped silk bookmarked full color deluxe leather bound book for that is what they're trying to fund with uh, this particular kickstarter um but uh, i think that uh, of all the uh uh of all of the various World of Darkness games that I played and ran in the 90s, I had, um, I think I had the most fun with, uh, with, with uh, Vampire Dark Ages. Um, mm -hmm. With the possible exception of Changeling. I don't want to completely throw that one out, but um, <laughs> it was that one. It was Changeling and it was Vampire Dark Ages uh, because I think Vampire Dark Ages was particularly well written even from the get go. Um, they, they got the, the feel for it, but they gave you everything you needed. And uh, yeah. so it was really awesome, and I had a lot of fun with it. Very cool. My best experience, I think, was uh, Project Twilight, which is before it became the Hunter. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when it was this little tiny book that was like, yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Jim's, Jim likes those games. Yes. Jim's like, well, Jim likes those games a lot. Yes. <laughs> Angst and stress. <laughs> they are my role-playing meat and drink. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Very much they are. Well, excellent. Well, um, uh, I think that about wraps us up. Um, uh, as I mentioned uh, to Monty, we have uh, several ideas for games. I actually forgot to mention another one that I've been working up is um, for both this and the Strange Podcast, um, working talking with the art teams. 
Um, hopefully, uh, uh, the new art director, uh, uh, Bear uh, Leader, um, and oh, yeah. uh, potentially uh, lead artists on the different books, uh, if, if that all pans out. So, um, lots of good ideas for new shows. We hope to, to get back in the swing of things and do, do them a little bit more frequently, uh, at the very minimum, once a month. So, um, uh, give us a holler, drop us a line if you have any questions or yeah. comments, and uh, we love to hear them, uh, the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, Do we want to hear from folks who might uh, be encountering their own things out there in the Ninth World? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, if somebody wants to, um, we started the Hearsay from the Ninth World, that's a, a perfect thing. If, if people want to send us a little recording of uh, a, a tidbit like that. We'll, we'll be let, we'll, we'll add those in there. Yeah. That's a pretty darn good idea. Ah, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, not that we're trying to con- compete at all with the signal because that show is freaking awesome. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, very, very pleased that it got the any, um, yeah. but uh, I, I think it's a cool little thing we can kind of play with. Uh, well, yeah. And, and I think it being community generated as opposed to the, you know, the really nice uh, produced work that, that, um, that the the Vox Jack does with the uh, signal, um, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's nice community added stuff. So, because um, the new era, as I said, it's it's the sandbox with tons of tools, and if we happen to throw in one that helps you f- connect something or, or throw a little tidbit in that that helps uh, helps add to your character's enjoyment, great, fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, I was wondering if I could make a quick um, personal announcement with respect to the uh, role-playing world. Um, Well, anyone who may be local to Charlotte, North Carolina, or uh, may be visiting Charlotte, North Carolina in the near future, uh, we have a convention coming up called MACE uh, that is happening on uh, November 7th through the 9th, and I'm going to be running some games there. Um, Unfortunately, I have not gotten my next uh, Numenero one-shot uh, con game together yet. I've got ideas for it, but uh, I'm not going to be running Numenera, but I will be running uh, Inspectors, and I will be running uh, Durance, which is by Jason Morningstar, same guy who wrote Fiasco, and I'm also going to be running an incredibly strange Fate Accelerated game about living paintings, uh, for anyone who wants to come and check that out and go crazy with me. Um, <laughs> so uh, I urge anyone who might be in the area to come check it out. Come and play! And schedule is up. Pre-registration is there. Fill the so, slots. You know, and and this might be another good community option. Let's uh, let's also, if anybody has uh, information about cons, especially if you're going to be, uh, if you're on the asset team or, or planning on running some uh, uh, Numenera content at a con, let us know. And uh, if we have enough uh, foreknowledge of it, we will get it in a show and uh, hopefully benefit. Uh, getting people coming out and looking for it. Yeah. And they are actually running some Numenera mm-hmm. games um, at uh, at Mace this year, so there will be folks doing it. Yeah. I'm in one of them. Oh, good. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I've been kind of slack about that, about uh, getting up to Mace. I, I stopped in last year and uh, haven't really made plans to go back this year. It's been a busy, busy, busy. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> but, yeah I'll have, check, I'll have to check that out, though, now that I'm oh, local. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Join us. Join us. One of us. One of us. Sorry. Um, well, excellent. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Um, sorry we've been uh, kind of dark for a little bit, but we are back. Um, and uh, as I said, hoping to go a little bit more full steam. So uh, keep checking in on us and uh, check in on our sister podcast, Translating the Strange. We'll be recording another one of those in the near future. So um, 
send us your comments and, and as I said, the, the hearsay from the ninth world, if you want to contribute, you want to record it, you want us to read it, that's fine. And again, any any convention news where you're uh, you're uh, leading some Numenera games, let us know and we will uh, we'll make sure people know about it. So uh, thanks for listening in and uh, hope to see you again on the ninth world. Adio! Arrivederci. <laughs>The Transmissions from the Ninth World podcast is not affiliated with Monty Cook Games. It has been produced under the Creative Commons license and is for entertainment and information purposes only. Music provided by Kevin McLeod. Transmissions from the Ninth World is a proud affiliate of the D20 Radio Group.